Star Podcast with super fans Rose and Sam and Malika too. She's undecided if she even likes it. But we watch Stargate and talk about it because it's fun. We probe the wormholes, yes we do, because we have nothing better to do. So listen, here's our show. Hello and welcome to this special edition mini episode of probing the wormhole, where we're going to discuss our trip to Chicago for the Salute to Stargate convention. I'm Rose, and I'm here with my co-hosts. Sam, who is a super fan of Stargate. Malika, who is potentially a super fan, especially after the convention. Yay. So you had a good time? I did. <laughs> I did. I totally fangirled out. Yeah. I almost threw up. Cause I was so excited to see what? him tapping. <laughs> okay. I had a great time also. I love conventions though. So at least I, I knew what I was getting into. So I'm, I'm impressed that you had such a good time, Malika. We're, we're turning you on to the dark side. <laughs> this is my first convention since my x files convention in college. Ooh. Yeah. That's when you met Mitch Pileggi. Yes. And touched him. I, we, we hugged it out. I will, I will post the picture on Instagram and on our website, probably Twitter too, if we get up to a hundred followers. You hear that people? It's a good picture. I've seen it. It's a great picture. <laughs> I, wish, I wish Mitch Pileggi would do the conventions. What did you think about the convention, Sam? It was a lot smaller than I'm used to. I'm used to the big multi-room Star Trek conventions, but I enjoyed being in the front seats. That was fun. You got to see all of the celebrities' pimples. They have pimples too, guys, just like us. <laughs> it was great. We should note that me and Malika were not in the front seats. Sam got the special gold package tickets and we got the regular people tickets. Yeah. There's a long, boring story as to why <laughs> we got the gold tickets. We don't usually do that. So this was only, this was my second Stargate connection. The last, the first and last one I went to was 2013, which I do feel like was much bigger. So I don't know if it's just that the interest is not as big as it used to be or COVID or whatever, or advertising, but this was significantly smaller. I would say COVID. I think there was a lot of people who needed to cancel at the last minute, which is why we probably got the gold tickets at the last minute. But the convention required us to all be masked, which will drive people away. And it did require us to test before we actually entered it. So I think yeah, a lot of people stayed away because of that. Speaking of COVID, I have COVID right now. I don't think I got it at the convention, although it is possible. I think I got it in court. So what were some highlights? One of the highlights for me was seeing Amanda Tapping and Terrell Rothery mm -hmm. together on stage. And, and apparently this was just a spontaneous meeting between the two on stage. And we got to hear about their informal skit that they participated in when they were waiting for waiting between shots. Terlene and Mimi. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They, they were so great. I mean, Amanda Tapping is always great. She's just always amazing and brings it at every convention. Cause you really feel like she wants to be there and she really loves talking to her fans. And Terrell Rothery also was pretty amazing. That, that I think was a highlight too. And she was so nice to my son. He got her autograph, Tara Rothery's autograph. And she like spent like three minutes talking to him, asking him questions about school. It was really cute. And he's like a dedicated fan now of hers mm -hmm. for the rest of his life. He's six. Malika, what was your highlight? I think a meeting, Amanda. Were you we, hugged? I did hug her. 
Is that hug consensual? I think it was. I no, it was. It was. It was. She was hugging everybody. Not you guys though, but she hugged me. I I don't know if we're gonna post the picture of all of us together, but if we do, you guys will see how much I love Amanda, and I'm kind of turning away from. So. <laughs> We took a picture with us and Michael Shanks and Amanda Tapping, and we made Malika be in the middle between them. So she had to touch both of them. <laughs> and uh, Michael Shanks has such a very Daniel expression on his face. I must say, it's kind of like a confused looking off into the distance expression. He was very nice. Everyone was very nice to us. I think everyone, they were all genuinely pleased to be back in person. And to see everybody. Like, I don't understand why, I mean, I understand, I understand why, because it has such a following and, but it seems weird to me. Why they would do it. Why they would do it. But when we were talking to them and meeting them and hearing what they had to say up on stage, they genuinely seemed like they really wanted to be there. And, and this show really made an impact on them. Yeah, that, that's one difference that I've noticed between this convention and the Star Trek conventions. You do meet a lot of celebrities at the Star Trek conventions that want to be there, but a lot of them really don't. So I've been to a lot more Star Trek conventions than Stargate conventions, and I think that's true. One person who is always, always awesome is Gates McFadden. Just shout out to her. She is so sweet. She always like takes the time to chat. But yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think some, you know, they get paid for this, right? So, and for a lot of these actors, though, especially the ones that come to the conventions, they're not ones that have had hugely successful careers in the sense that they are really well known and make a lot of money, right? I mean, they're successful in their own way, but I think they get a lot out of trading on the work they did in Stargate. And so it's kind of important for them to be there, but everyone seemed like they wanted to be there. So who, let's go through who we saw. We saw the first one you guys saw was Braytac, right? We saw Tony Amendola played Braytac, who was so lovely. And he liked our picture that we posted of him. <laughs> we saw David Nickel, who played Radic Zelenka in Atlantis, also was very lovely, retweeted our picture of him and just seemed to be having a really good time being there. We also on, on Friday also saw Colin Cunningham, who plays Major Davis on Stargate SG-1. We saw him sitting in Starbucks for hours. Like two days. Looking, looking very busy. He's the one that said that we're all weird, which I kind of liked. Wait, the celebrities or the fans? No. So he, he told the story about how the first time he did a convention, he's like, I don't know, this is weird. These people are weird. And he's like, and then I realized we're all pretty weird and let's just embrace it. And I was like, okay, at least, I, at least he was being honest. I think it's fair to say we're weird. It's a fair comment. <laughs> so I dragged Carlos, my husband to this convention and he is just horrified <laughs> that, that there are like hundreds of people in the world who do this. So fair to say that the rest of the world things were pretty weird. I, I will say when when they announced uh, that Colin Cunningham would be coming through the aisle for the autographs, he walked down that aisle like a boss. Did you just notice that? <laughs> no. Good looking man. He's a very good looking man. Has aged barely in 25 years, which is true of a few of them. I mean, Tony Amendola was not super young at the time of Stargate, but he looks great. Oh, we did not go to the cabaret, sadly. I was there with my kids. It was just too much. It wasn't really a kid-friendly event, I don't think. So let's talk about Saturday. So I, because I was a gold, gold package, I got to see Amanda and Michael together. It was fine. They sat on the stage and said, wow, look at all these people staring at us. I mean, they, they pretty much said stuff that they then repeated later during their, their general appearances. Yeah. 
I think it must be hard to like get up there and just have to talk and like be funny and amusing and not repeat yourself, especially after doing these things for like 25 years. And there's a lot of conventions, like there aren't a ton in the US, but I know they go to Europe and to have to tell these same stories over and over again and have them be funny each time. It's gotta be hard. Yeah. You start wondering if there are any new stories out there. Yeah. And you know, everyone is a real good sport and you can tell that nobody's nobody, at least in the Stargate convention, nobody talks shit about other people. You know, even in Star Trek, the only times that really happens is when people will talk about William Shatner because he was so disliked by his cast. But no, you don't really get that. Everyone's trying to like make it seem like this was this really great family and everyone got along and maybe they did, but you don't hear any dirt. So it's not like they can do that to keep people interested, even though the fans would love to hear it. Yeah, you have to read between the lines to pick up on any animosity. Yeah, and it didn't seem to me that there was any animosity. It sounds like some groups of people were closer than others. Mm -hmm. Somebody said like Joe Flanagan's kind of keeps himself or something like that. Really? Yeah, I forget who said it. It sounds like they weren't as close to him as other people. And Momoa, I got the sense, was kind of a jerk. (laughs) Oh, really? I just... Except him and Joe Flanagan were like BFFs. He was taking him to Chappelle show, whatever, Mm -hmm. in England when he's filming Aquaman. Getting him COVID. Giving him COVID. (laughs) So after this exclusive gold party that we were not invited to, um, Tara Rothery was the one who started out the Saturday program. She just seems like a really lovely person and really genuinely nice. I can see why her and Amanda Tapping got along so well. Yeah, she's terrific. And she has like a life coach... Some kind of, she does these like lectures, which honestly I would pay to have her be my therapist. She <laughs> seems like she'd be really good at it. So during Terrell Rothery's appearance, there was information about what happens to her character that was a bit of a spoiler for Malika, having not seen the show yet. And I think she was a bit shocked. I was so upset. <laughs> <laughs> She's still not over it. Not over it. It was horrible. We will not say what the spoiler is, but I'm sure 99.9% of you know what it is. Then we get to Ben Browder, also very nice. He he was only in the the last two seasons of SG-1 seasons, nine and 10. So he really came in to Stargate later and after the show had really already fully formed. So that must have been hard for him as an actor. His son is actually in the Air Force now, which I think is cool. And I wonder if he was inspired by his character. Maybe. I missed the first half of his appearance. And when I walked in, he was talking about puking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. So he really likes talking about planes. He's (laughs) definitely like a kid talking about airplanes, uh, which again, my six-year-old son was all about. He even asked him a question about the planes he got to actually fly. And he told a story about his experience flying a B-17. But I think the puking was in reference to like one of the new planes that his son gets to fly that apparently makes people puke if you're not used to it. I would puke just getting into it. I do not do well with like being inverted and (laughs) going really, really, really fast. Yeah, I think I would be okay, but I would not get in because I would be afraid my co-pilot would puke on me. (laughs) Sam has a bit of a vomit phobia. Yep. I don't think there's any vomit in Stargate. There is not. Then we got Michael Shakes, who plays Malika's favorite, favorite character, Daniel Jackson. Malika, you don't like Daniel Jackson, but you don't have any issues with Michael Shanks. I like Michael Shanks. I thought he did a terrific job on the panel. He was hilarious. I liked his stories. I liked him a lot. I still don't like Daniel Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say give it to season two. We're still in season one right now. It takes, I feel like it takes Daniel's character particularly a long time to really get, you know, a little bit more three-dimensional. And then we got to everyone's favorite sci-fi queen, Amanda Tapping, who was charming 
and funny as usual. I asked her question. Your question was amazing. <laughs> it was such a good question because it really opened up her philosophy and really actually gave us more insight into her character. Rose, what was your question? My question was, given how it seemed like the writers had a big learning curve at the, at the first season, especially in finding Sam Carter's voice, how she dealt with that especially when they made her say like ridiculous things, like just because my reproductive organs are on the inside and not the outside. And she had a really good answer that she waited till she was hired and then told them women don't talk like this. Stop writing her like a woman, just write her like a person, which is excellent advice. And I think despite the writing challenges, and we did talk about this in our podcast, she did an amazing job at bringing Sam to life. Yeah, my husband and I always thought that they had a, a scientific advisor on the show. And we actually asked her during the, the autograph session if she did. She says, no, it was just me studying on the weekends to make sure this the stuff I was saying was accurate. And she said she had found some error in the statistics or something. I don't know what episode. And she brought it to the producer. I can't remember who that was. It was Brad Wright. Okay. Yeah, Brad Wright. <laughs> He's like, okay, change it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we will recognize her. She obviously worked really hard, cared a lot and did a great job. And it really showed that commitment. It did. So I have a question for you, Rose. Your question to Amanda alluded to the kind of the boys club that was behind the camera during SG-1. I haven't seen Atlantis, but has that, did that change with Atlantis? Did they have women writers for Atlantis? You know, I think it's the same writing crew. Atlantis is a little better in front of the camera with the boys club because they did have Elizabeth Weir as the leader and then Amanda Tapping's character as the leader for the first four seasons. And then Rob Picardo was the leader of the fifth season. So it did feel like there were more women on screen. There were more people of color on screen. So that part was better, but you know, still late nineties, early two thousands. It felt a little, it feels a little tokenized. So the one thing I was hoping about this convention is that I would see more younger people and a lot more people of color. And I did not see that. And I was- a very white fan base and an aging fan base. This convention was like the 25th anniversary of, of the beginning of SG-1. So it's really not a show for this generation. Like I'm making my kids watch it. But, you know, it's kind of like Star Wars and Star Trek have moved into the next generation with a new round of shows and are now wildly popular. Star Wars especially, like my my kids love Star Wars because they have like 8 million shows and, you know, it just keeps reinventing itself. And Star Trek is starting to do that. Like my kids love Prodigy. That's going to introduce a new generation to the show. And I think the new shows are really, really good. And Stargate needs that because the only people that are going to these conventions are people who watched it then and liked it then and still like it now. But it's not, I don't think it's bringing in a new audience. So get on it, Amazon. It's, this is the time. People love sci-fi right now. I think it's also because uh, there were a couple people who said that they brought their kids. There was two people. It was the dad and the daughter in the costume contest. So it's. It's like the diehard fans introduce their kids to it and either it takes or it doesn't take. And it obviously is not taking that much because there weren't that many young people. Yeah. It's not just on for yeah, young people to figure out like Star Wars is. Yeah. yeah they're not finding it. Because it seems like it would be a goldmine. I mean, right now, first of all, sci-fi is hot. Making those kinds of shows is now cheaper and easier, right? You have really splashy special effects that everyone likes. You, and you already have an established fan base. So it's not like starting a whole new show that you have to build the fan base for. The merger isn't complete yet. So it's not like Amazon outright owns it. And I think there's some wrinkle. So it just sounds like it'll be a few years at the earliest. Yeah, I think Amazon is getting too big in the federal oh, government. Amazon's has, fucking evil. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that's where we're going to get our new show from this huge conglomerate that's forming. Unless I still say Amazon is evil. Yeah, unless Elizabeth Warren breaks it up, right? <laughs> At the end of Amanda Tapping's appearance, Terrell Rothery joined her on stage and they reprised their roles. So as we all know, Gary Jones was the, the host of this convention. And for the most part, he did a very good job. It's, it's a difficult job for him to do because he does have to come out on stage and tell the fans that they have to say goodbye to their you know, favorite celebrity. He has to always work it into what is being said at that point as well. So it, it is difficult. Uh, but one thing that he did say during uh, Ter- Terrell Rothery's and Amanda Tapping's appearance kind of rubbed me a bit the wrong way. He made a sexual remark about Terrell Rothery and how she was going to, her character, Dr. Fraser, was going to attend to him. Yeah. yeah. But let's just try to do better. It was a bit, bit of a dirty joke. You know, nothing too bad, but we'd like to think that the days of making jokes, sex jokes at the expense of your female colleagues are kind of over. Well, I love humor. I love comedians. I love stand up. I love jokes that really push the envelope. But the people who you're telling the joke have to be in on the joke. And it was clear that Amanda and Terrell were not in on that joke. And a lot of the audience groaned. Like we were not laughing. And I think that that's why the joke just fell flat. So let's talk about Sunday. Conan Trenier of Star Trek Enterprise fame. Yeah, I really wanted to ask him what he felt about his death, but I, I knew that he had been asked that before. And in fact, someone did. And he said, a lot of people ask me that. Spoiler, I'm only on season three of Enterprise. So now I know how it ends in one aspect. Um, he plays a wraith, wraith named Michael on Stargate Atlantis. So you guys never have not seen it. You talked a lot about how getting into the costume and the makeup really helped him transform into the character. And when you see him on the show, it, I can see that. Like he he doesn't look like himself at all. He, it's like complete transformation. Although it was a surprise to learn that he was not in fact on the show for the first two episodes. That was someone else. Well, he was him as the wraith. He wasn't um, right, so right. the whole, it's a character who like transforms from a human to a wraith or, Ooh, you know, okay. so I think as the full wraith, he was not himself, but, and, but he was later. Have never seen Atlantis. I don't know what else to say about him. Although I did like that question about the um, trip meeting Michael. That was a pretty cool question. Oh yeah, that was a cool question. Okay. And then we had Rachel Luttrell come on. So Sunday was really Atlantis day. We had Connor Trenier, then Rachel Luttrell who played Taylor on Atlantis. I really liked her. Also another genuinely sweet person who was seemed really happy to be there. Yeah, I did too. She made me excited to watch Atlantis. Well, she's a woman of color that gets to be on the show. It seemed like a lot of the Atlantis celebrities were somewhat tired of being asked about Jason Momoa. (laughs) I could imagine that is true. I will say Atlantis launched Momoa's career, right? His his whole shtick as the brooding tough guy got honed on Atlantis. And then he got to reprise that role as um, Khal Drogo and then Aquaman and whatever he's doing now. Same thing. And then those two guys, Dan Payne and Alex Zahara, they were actually on twice. They were awesome. So they were, so they're those two guys that play a whole range of different characters on SG-1. Alex Zahara plays mostly different aliens and Dan Payne also plays some aliens and some Jaffa and just, they sort of are just these guys that are in a lot of different stuff. And they were just so friendly, so personable. They were hanging out with fans after the programs were over. I think both nights they were just like hanging out in the bar, talking to people. They gave my kids free autographs. Super nice guys. 
And then we had Joe Flanagan close out the official programming, who really struck me as very similar to his character. He plays a military guy on Atlantis, but kind of like, you know, against the grain. He doesn't always follow orders. He kind of does his own thing and his hair is like always sticking up. And that's kind of the sense I got from Joe Flanagan, that it wasn't too much of a reach for him to play that kind of role. I thought his comments about the uh, gun safety on the set were were interesting. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And I actually wished more, more of the actors had been asked that. So the question was, I forget what the actual question was, but somehow it led to him talking about the situation with Alec Baldwin's movie where a woman was killed on set and he talked about the safety protocols and how how many things would have had to go wrong or been not followed to get to that point and how shocking it was that something like that could happen and then he went through the safety protocols that they had to go through yeah I think the question was what is your favorite gun (laughs) yes (laughs) which wasn't really didn't really touch on gun safety but he maneuvered into that direction but what he said was the last person to check the gun is always the actor which is true in a sense because the actor is always the last one who has the gun in, in his hand before it's shot but if you think of people like Terrell Rothery who doesn't have any ex- expertise with the gun how is she gonna know what a, an actual loaded gun feels like looks like how is she even gonna break it apart to know I wonder what kind of training so like from what I've seen some actors post about this, including um, the woman who plays Bala, Claudia Black. She said whenever she was on a show that involved use of firearms, there was a training class that, or there was a training that she would go through with whoever was in charge of it. And so I think you have to know some things about it, right? I mean, if they're going to be handing you a weapon, that's pretty much a real weapon. Know what the difference is between a live bullet and a blank. Know where not to point it, where to point it, how to shoot it. Also, my understanding is also the only people that are ever supposed to touch a prop weapon are the armorer who's in charge of the prop weapons and the, and the actors and nobody else. And it's for that reason, so that somebody's always making sure that it's being handled properly and maintained properly. Well, you know, I took a class, I took a class by the NRA, probably in college, like a gun safety course. And one of the things that Joe talked about is you never point a weapon, period, at another person, ever. But if you have to sh- get a, a shot of, of the camera looking down the barrel, there's a plexiglass barrier between the camera and whoever's behind the camera and the gun. So there's lots of things, like the gun shouldn't have been pointed at the DP. There should have been a plexiglass. It should have been checked multiple times by multiple people. It was, yeah. And the way that Joe laid it out, like step by step by step, all the failures, it was scary that it went so badly. I think that these particular actors on this kind of show would be a great resource for that kind of information because they don't deal with weapons so much. All the time yeah. and all different kinds too. So that was the that was the official programming. We also got to hang out in the vendor's room with a couple of the actors who had tables there, like Dan and Alex. And I had some drinks with them in the bar. I was drinking tea. <laughs> I was the square drinking tea while everyone else had beer. But they, it was a really fun weekend. We had a great time at Salute to Stargate. Looking forward to next year. Yay. Great. That's it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye. 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 Gary had the funniest hat. I loved it. Me too. (laughs) Like us and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Even if you don't like us, you can still like and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Probing the Wormhole, on Twitter at Probing Wormhole. Also visit us on our website, probingthewormhole.com. Thank you.